0: The break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break with Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek
2: Eagleton.
3: Hey guys, welcome back to Cowboys Break presented by Miller Light, La Unica Cerveza de los Dallas Cowboys. Miller Light. I'm joined here by Nick Eatman, Derek Eagleton, and Brian Broaddus from The Fan. Um, you guys can ask Derek on Twitter later on why I'm hosting today, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> it
4: happens so, sometimes. Though. Yeah, it just
3: happens, it happens sometimes. So we do have some news that happened yesterday. Uh, a couple of days ago, the Cowboys did cut a, a young linebacker, and I remember Brian on the show. You still had some concerns at the position of linebacker, and yesterday they went out and did a whole deal of a one-year deal with. Anthony Barr, he's from the the Vikings and he's a four time pro bowler, so yeah. a lot of experience there, good experience. So just wanted to get into what this guy can bring to the team. How does how are you guys expecting him to work out and how are the cowboys really gonna try to utilize a guy like him with so much experience? Yeah,
5: I feel like this was something they'd been working on for a while and the price was too high for them initially and now the price has come to the level where the player says okay I need to get on a team I need to get to camp and so if you look at the way the contract's structured it's a little bit like what Leighton Vanderesh got so they kind of kept their linebackers and Leighton Vanderesh, by the way has been playing very very well but with Anthony Barr what you do is you get a player that you know and I've asked my guys around the league about okay with Anthony is it you know 17 games is it one of those things and It's like, no, he's been a little bit banged up. You you know, the eight to ten games that you've gotten from him here lately. But before that, I mean, he was one of those types of guys. So he's a little bit advanced on age. But what you have is a player that – and, again, my guys around the league were saying, you pair him with Micah Parsons, now you've got some real versatility. And then you talk with, you know, the coaches here. You talk with uh, the front office guys here. They'll tell you they're excited about that. They're excited about adding a player – that can maybe free, uh, free Micah up to do more things. You also could pair Barr with Leighton Van Der Esch inside. And, and I was also told, don't look at him as a Sam linebacker or a Will linebacker or as a Mike linebacker. He's more of a situational type of a player. So whatever the situation calls for them, they can mix and match this thing. It's just another versatile piece for them to have.
4: That's one of the things I actually love about this is Dan Quinn seems to be a coach that can take advantage of situational type players. We saw it last year with a number of different guys in this defense. You just add one more of those guys that plays a role that he finds for them and then starts moving them around and playing with them as chess pieces. I think this was a really great signing for the Cowboys. If he can be healthy, stay healthy. Um, he's he is a very he is a an upgrade I think to this team and, and what they're gonna have out there on defense
2: Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's one of those moves that the fans always want You know, they just want to hear names and this is a name I don't know if he if he's got any left in the tank But I think they're gonna they're gonna find out and I think he's got the resources with George Edwards and his and his experience with him and then Dan Quinn can like this just another tool in the toolbox, so um, you know, it, we'll we'll see. I just think that, like like Brian said, the versatility of moving him inside. Maybe this allow. I mean, maybe this is a move that Micah Parsons is going to rush the passer a whole lot more. But um, you know, just a lot of options for them, and we'll we'll see how it goes. But I like it.
4: And I will say this: I'm I'm looking at his statistics right now. You go look at that man. Last year he only played 11 games, but in those 11 games, his numbers were pretty consistent with what he'd done throughout his career. He had uh, last year 72 tackles. Uh, six quarterback hits he had two and a half sacks and if you look at all the years in his career he was pretty much around that same range in most of his best years so uh, if he can stay healthy he's still got it i don't know that he's a guy that you would look at and say he's declining you know we talked about emmanuel sanders right 35 year old maybe not the same guy this guy seems to be the same guy, it's just a matter of staying healthy.
5: Yeah, I, I think you're on to something there about it. if you get the health like Nick was talking about as well though, that, that's the thing that they're you know, that they're they're very, very hopeful for. They just love the versatility of the player. I know for a fact I remember when he was coming out in the draft and we were still all at Valley Ranch, and I remember walking by one night, Will McClay's office, and the door was open and I, I just knocked on it and said, Hey, you know, good night, boss see you and he's like, he's like, Come here for a second. And he was happened to be Putting together a tape of Anthony Barr, and so he his mission was I'm going to try and sell this guy as a rusher. I'm going to try and sell this guy as a pressure player. So there's been a lot of love from Will McClay. I mean, Barr went you know well before uh, that the Cowboys got to pick in that draft, but but they were ready and Will was ready. And he was excited about the opportunity about getting a player like this in the draft. I know he has to be excited about getting, even though it's a little bit later in his career, getting a player that he kind of had a vision for.
3: Well, what's excited, exciting for me is the fact that you get—they finally signed a guy that is someone that you know. You know, like it's not one of those signings that a lot of people have to sit here and like really go through and find his career, what that looked like, and all that. This is a guy that has a good amount of reputation. There are some questions around his health, but it's it's good to have a guy in here that you're familiar with. Now, I was going to ask you guys, as far as the defense as a whole and overall, are you feeling like they're missing or lacking certain more talent on certain spots overall, like you need to add an extra body? Or do you feel that now by adding a linebacker, a very like linebacker with experience, that you're pretty much set on what you've got on the defensive side of the ball
2: i think they've replaced randy gregory and then and then some i mean i think that they, they've surpassed that uh what Grandy gave them consistently and freakish talent and all that it rolled into one player and also uh, an undisciplined, undisciplined player uh and a player that you can't always trust to be on the field for whatever the reason so i think that they've replaced him with the fowler dorance armstrong and now um Parsons really because mm-hmm. of what, what the uh, bar and, and Parsons will give. So I mean, you know, we'll see him this week, I think, next next week and he's gonna be injured. So you know <laughs> I mean I, I just think I think that they, they've they replaced him. How do you replace them? Like yeah. they go out and you do what you've done. You throw a lot of guys at the wall, guys that have had better careers than Gregory his best year, and I think you know we'll see what happens, but I think they've replaced him.
5: Do you feel like though, Nick, that they that you were looking to say, Go get a wide receiver. Is this a position where you're like, okay, why are you adding a defensive player? The defense looks like yeah. they they've come they've come to play. I mean, you know, they, they've made things difficult for this offense. But is there that buzz or that feeling with you that okay, well, can Bar run routes? Can yeah. Barr do this? And you know, and now, you know and you're kind of joking in a way. Yeah, but, but did they? I kind of feel like that they were working on this player for so long that he finally gave in, and then they gave in and said, sure. Come on board, and now, it, it the kind of the timing of it is like because the fans are going, wait a minute, you guys are screaming about a wide receiver. Why are you screaming about a wide receiver? You know why? Why do you feel like you guys have to have you know? And so yeah. I, I don't know if this if the timing of it is kind of weird because maybe the fans are like, well, what's going on here?
4: I think I still look at it though from a standpoint that you know for whatever wide receiver we look at that you could bring in right sure. now, is he going to give you the value? that you're going to get maybe from a bar right like so it, it, i know you can say you need a wide receiver that doesn't mean he's going to come in and really give you much anything right if you think you can really advance your defense then i don't oh, know and i don't think these i think these are really separate you know no, I, kind of I think but, so
5: too I, I, that's what i'm saying but i think the fans are kind of looking at it as like and i know initially it was like why the hell are you signing a wide res- i mean why are you signing a linebacker Right. Yeah, d- doesn't this team yeah. need a? You know, every everybody's talking about in camp how these wide receivers are looking, whether it's good or bad. I just feel like this is one of those things where timing kind of went funny because I felt like they've been working on Barr a long time. But it's also yeah. It yeah. just like, the timing of it seems like why I add this you. guy? No, it came down to his money demands went way down. Yep. And you said, by the you way, to get the player you want. Come on, yeah. come on, let's go.
3: And I see it kind of like the whole draft. Strategy when you get to the draft and you're like, okay, these are our needs. I mean, yeah. linebacker was a position of need, yeah. maybe not as high as wide receiver, but you go with talent. Who's the better guy out there right now that you can quickly get in here? So I think that they kind of seem to stick with that, or at least in this uh, move that they made. But overall, I feel that if you can get better, even at a, a on your stronger side of the ball, why not? Yeah, like add do another it. piece. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. Well, I wanted to ask before we move on, onto to other topics and we take a break. Wanted to ask about COVID and some of the things that have been happening here. I know there are two names of two guys that apparently have tested positive and just wanted to ask you guys some kind of what really does the protocol look like this year and how the Cowboys are managing all that. Brian, the two names, uh, <laughs> I know one is hard to pronounce, but you can go ahead and give it. Is
5: it Shampklin? It- Nick, is that yeah, how you say uh, it? Aaron
2: Sham- Sham- Champlin. Cham- Yeah, Aaron okay. Champlin. Shampklin.
5: Okay, Champlin is a running back, young running back from Harvard who's a rookie who's Ooh, had smart guy. He's had COVID. Mm-hmm. And so now we're starting to get word that Rico Dowdle has COVID now as well. So he will not be on the practice field. Uh, we were talking in pre-show meeting. We haven't seen – I don't know if, was, uh, if uh, Joe Witt Jr., the secondary coach, we haven't seen him on the field so maybe there might be a little bit of this going through uh, the, the building behind us right now. And, you know, hopefully it's not one of those things that all of a sudden you start to lose guys in practice. That's the thing coaches fear the most yep. is not, you know, have enough guys, enough bodies to practice. So
2: it's the same position, too. Same guys. Same room. Same might even be roommates. Maybe roommates. Yeah. Room yeah, well, yeah, yeah. N- uh, I don't think so. In this case, okay. I, I think that um, uh, Malik Davis, uh, I, I know, was switching rooms. Uh, with Shamklin, or was rooming with Shamklin. Okay, there you go. Rookie to rookie. Yeah, yeah. so they're trying to, you know, and hopefully he's good and he's getting a lot of carries out there. As far as the protocol, um, I'll admit I I don't really know how different it is. I mean, I'm sure it it is some way. I mean, I think I've heard the the five days, but I don't, you know, training camp rules and and regular season rules are a little Mm -hmm. different. Right. Because you got 90 guys, and I think they just say deal with it. When you get to the season and somebody goes on a list, I wonder if you can Bring some Blue guys, guys yeah, yeah. yeah, my understanding was that the protocol is is now
4: back to not really a protocol from the standpoint of, of your roster. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to change anything with the roster. It's it's very similar to if you if you're you just have a player. It's got the flu, mm-hmm. right? And you got to now he deal is, with he it. Goes yeah, he goes and he's kind of you, you get, get get a situation where he's away from the rest of the team, so it doesn't run through the team. But I don't think there is a But is there like an an amount
3: of time of like, okay, you tested negative on this day and now or you're good to go or that that I'm not sure of. I
4: know obviously as us as employees, it's like a five day basically a five day window where you isolate from everybody else and uh, and that's kind of what you have to go through. So I mean, again, I, I think that I'm 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 interested to see once we get to the season. Uh, if if you should have numbers start to increase throughout the country if they do put something back in place. But as I understand it right now, there isn't anything you know, from a roster standpoint.
5: Yeah, talking to personnel directors around the league, they were really happy with the way, not that COVID was part of their mm-hmm. game yeah. plan, but they were really happy that the league was very flexible about being able to bring guys up and down and then also having veteran players on the practice squad gave you flexibility as well. Yep.
3: All right, well, Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to discuss some of the things that these uh, coordinators were talking about yesterday. They finally got a chance to talk to the media, and there were some some interesting things that came out of that.
1: Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
0: The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life. something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Back to the break.
2: Make sure you see every exciting play with Essler lenses. Book your appointment today with your local Essler experts to find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more. Essler.
3: Welcome back to the break. So yesterday, the coordinators finally met with the media. And one of the things that have kind of stood out and one of the most positive things that I've noticed during camp and all these practices so far is the running game. Zeke and Tony Pollard and Kellen Moore did talk about them too and what they're trying to do with both of them this year so I wanted to get with you guys and hear your thoughts on this and kind of because I know a lot of fans too keep wanting to see more of Pollard more of Pollard give him more 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 but the the goal here at least for me is to create that perfect balance and one of the things that I have seen is not just the running game but also in the passing game they've been utilizing them both quite well and kind of equally, I would say, from what I've seen. So Kellen Moore just talked about Tony Pollard specifically just kind of having that hybrid uh, role for him. So Derek, I don't know if there's something that stood out for you or, or that you want them to or want. Sorry, my tongue twisted there that you want them to see doing more.
4: I mean, look, I'm I'm a little conflicted here, and I, I know I was talking to Nick about this, and I think Nick's a good person to answer this question because, uh, you know, I, I'm not certain that that Tony Pollard, I'm not certain that Tony Pollard necessarily can handle more than what they are giving him, um, and I think that's a question that the media needs to start asking a little bit more is what is his workload like? What is the optimal workload? Nick, you and I saw. From years ago like we've seen them go through these periods where you have a backup running back and everybody wants to see more of the backup running back until you see more of the backup running back and then you realize there's a reason why that running back got the workload that he got and and that's one of the questions i think is not being asked enough is is tony poll is this the optimal amount for tony pollard as much as we might want to see him more is this the optimal amount or not and if it's not, then okay, let's talk about that, and then figure out maybe should he have more.
2: Somebody put it to me like this: it's like a closer in baseball that goes into the ninth inning, and so then just goes 100, 99, 99, 100, just throwing gas. And they're like, well, he should be starting, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get that same kind of uh, arm and, and velocity and all that if you did it for a longer time. So you got to find the balance, and, and that's what you know you do as pitcher. What role do these guys have? You same with with running backs here. And I believe that I think the belief is. Tony Pollard is going to be better in this role. You start to give him more. And, and all the things that a running back needs to do, it's not just more touches. People just think it's touches. How many times does Zeke slam into the linebacker that's blitzing? That, 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 that feels on his body as well. Can Pollard do that? That's what is asked of a number one of a starting running back. So I think that it, 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 there's a sweet spot. He needs to get the ball a little bit more, and they know that, but not to the point where it's just flipping the roles.
5: Kind of feel like, though, that if you look at the numbers, Pollard averaged almost a yard more than Zeke carrying the ball. Now, maybe it's because of injury. I also feel like if my offensive line was compromised, didn't do a good enough job, I need somebody that's going to make somebody miss initially and then get whatever yards you can get. Uh, The more touches and all that, I absolutely agree with Nick. I think there's a spot you have to find. But when your eyes tell you that one guy is clearly more explosive getting the ball to and through the hole. You know, these linemen, the problems they had up front of not being able to hold blocks or getting overpowered or, you know, sometimes if you have a back that has a little bit more elusiveness and he can get through and get up and now it's a four-yard gain instead of a gain of none or a gain of one. That's kind of where I feel like with Pollard, that's where I think he could have made a difference. When your offensive line is not blocking well enough, but you have somebody that's explosive enough to force the force the hole and then get through it or get around the corner and get through it. And But, you know, if your line's really humming along, they did a great job last year the first eight weeks of the game. They, mm-hmm. the season, there was balance. There was absolute balance there. But the line was blocking a lot better, too. And so that's kind of where I feel like it, only if you're compromised at line do you maybe need to see with Tony Pollard more as a ball carrier
4: let me throw this at you too like i i wonder how much do you think that what we saw in the early part of the season was also a, a, a reflection of the fact that zeke was healthy yeah that's uh, up yeah. until zeke got yeah. hurt i thought zeke was running the ball he, he was really really absolutely well. and i was. thought he was back to kind of the zeke that we had seen earlier in his career zeke, yeah and uh and then all of a sudden he got hurt and then all of a sudden you know over the next several weeks started going downhill. I think the offensive line didn't play well, but I wonder how much was also of, uh, of, of that was a reflection of Zeke.
5: I, I do. I, you know, I, I was talking with you guys earlier, with, uh, one of our previous shows. Everybody was saying that Zeke wasn't hurt. You know, I kept saying Zeke's not hurt, and I kept asking him, like, why does he look hurt? Yeah. Why does he look like he's not? You know, it's just a, it's just all you need in the NFL is those linemen can brush block, you know and I mean brush block just just barely hit somebody and get the back through. Some of these guys have to just hold on to a block and then now they're compressed in the hole or they're turned and the back has nowhere to go. But if you're back like Zeke and you're compromised with your knee, you're not going to be explosive. You're not going to be able to like get through the hole and stuff like that. So I think once that happened, the running game just went south, but his injury and then their inability to get any type of movement at times, I think was really, really what set things back with this offense.
2: I I think sometimes that, in this case, I think average yards per carry um, is a stat that's easy to to compare the two guys, but I think it it can be kind of unfair to the the bigger back. Because on third and one, Zeke gets one. Right. That kills his average, but he got the job. That's what he needs to do. And I'm not saying that a quicker back to the hole can't do that as well. I mean, I think that there's two schools of thought there. But I I do think that sometimes when you're asking short yardage back to get these – you know third and ones third and two and they get it and and you know the average is going to go down as I, you know because sure. pollard's not asked to do the same um but you're right about the eye test i mean the eye test is there i mean and and so i think the one thing that that i've that i've been told about this too that that the third running back here is really important before oh, absolutely before yeah. we, we would just yeah. be like well one two right and then do we even need a third guy because you got two backs but if they're both out there a lot, right. and they're both tapping their helmet at the same time, right. then this third guy, so Rico Dattle, yeah. I don't think he's going to get as many play, uh, preseason snaps as you think, be, as we yeah. think, because he's not only making the team, he's going to have a role.
5: No, you're right about that. That's the thing that I remember when I was working with Jerry Jones in, in personnel, it was about – it was about the running back had to be a guy that could also play special teams. Mm-hmm. And they've talked about Rico Dattle being like primary kick returner too, or playing other special teams roles and stuff. So not only not only does the third back gonna get opportunity to play offensive snaps, but now Bones Fossil's got you on you're the up back on the punt team, mm-hmm. you're the you're 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 the punt return blocker guy. I mean there's a lot of roles. So yeah, I mean that's the whole thing, Bill Parcells. When I take you to the game how many snaps, snaps. Am I gonna have? Yep. How many snaps am I going to have? How many snaps? If I I don't need 10 snaps, you know, I need 30 snaps from you today. And that's what a guy like Rico at that third back, is going to have to do.
3: See, I completely agree with everything that you guys have been saying. But for just the sake of the argument and going back to where this whole thing really started, which was a couple of years ago when Zeke was out in a game. I don't remember exactly what game that was. San but
2: Francisco and, and Zeke definitely remembers it. I was, that was another point I was going to make, but go on.
3: Yeah. But we got to see Tony Pollard. I remember very vividly how fast and how much Tony was running, and that's kind of what created the whole excitement and the fans jumping in, wanting Pollard to take the, the more reps and take over kind of what Zeke was doing. So going back to maybe that game, and I know it's been a while since, but – remembering how he was able to perform in a game like that. And I get the whole thing. Like I said, I I agree with, okay, how does that look on a week-to-week basis on a body like him and what he does? But going back to what fans remember in that game, should they maybe give him just more to see, okay, can't we're just right now assuming that his body can't handle this, but should they maybe just go ahead and give it to him just to see how he actually does because you always have the ability to take that back away from Zeke and just managing what you do on a week-to-week basis
2: I think that you remember that game and fans remember that game and I think Zeke remembered that game <laughs> as well because last year when he's limping around limping and all around that, he, didn't I don't think he wanted that door to be oh, open there. for Pollard yep. and, and 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 that happened and so I I think you're right about that and and I think you know but but then again it, it's not exactly Zeke's call. Right. You know, shouldn't, should it shouldn't yeah. be yeah. his yeah. call. So, everyone's right here. Like, There's a balance. They're, they're yeah. Everyone knows there's something to, you know, how much are we doing? How much are, are, is you know Zeke going to step back? How much is Pollard going to get? Um, and I think, you know, they'll, they'll find that sweet spot.
5: You know, it's funny. We interviewed Jerry Jones the other day, and I asked him this question. I go, do you feel like you've wasted Pollard's career? And he hated my question. Yeah, he's like, I don't feel like we wasted it at all. But my the point of my question was, is there going to be a time you just load him up and go, you know, and and, and being in the last year, maybe this is the time where we'll see it. But I I don't want the Cowboys to look back and go. And then he's gone to Buffalo or somewhere else, you know, and you're like going, man, look what he's doing. You know, and then you kind of have that remorsefulness that you didn't try and use him more. And I'm not saying to the point where you're handing the ball like the guy at Tennessee or any, you know, these workhorse backs. But did you not take advantage, Kellen Moore, of the explosiveness? There's fans that say, hey, I just want him to be like kind of like an Alvin Kamara guy. Mm-hmm. Just throw him the ball. I want him to be McCaffrey. Just throw him the ball. Hand him the ball. You know, they just want to see that more than anything else. I
4: and think. that's honestly I, the way I look at it. Like, this is the prime opportunity to do it. You've got all these wide receivers out. If you can be creative with how you use him, there's opportunity here to get him right. more involved in the yeah. offense without having to affect what you're yeah. doing, Zeke. Yeah. Like, there's a way to do it right now. You just got to figure so it out.
2: Two times in Pollard's life, though, he's led his team in carries. One time was I think his junior year in high school. Another time was in junior high. <laughs> no, but that's yeah. that's serious. Yeah, but, right. Like that's not what he has that's done, him, yeah. and that's what Skip Pete and these and the you know the uh, Kellen and they have to to realize is that. You know, do we want to do that? Do we want to throw him in there? Because they threw it to Kamara a lot. I mean, they, they threw him in the fire a yeah. lot last year, and he got banged up got more banged th- up. than he's ever been. So the, they, they know they've got something here, that they're just trying to, you know, massage it. But this goes all the way back. And, Brian, when, when you were – you know, a scout with this team. I mean, the backup running back is always the most popular guy. Always, even when one of even them. his name is Hambrick. Yeah, and one, like, even <laughs> and when the one of them was is Emmett Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the all-time I mean, leading rusher in the NFL. Oh, yeah. There was a time yeah. but later in that year. It was like yeah. we need to get Rashard Lee some yeah, carries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're oh, right. We, you're need get, right. we need yeah. to get we need to get these guys. You know, Chris Warren yeah. needs to come in and get carries. Yeah. And I mean, it's always been the case, and and. You know, And I agree. He needs to get the ball more. And I think they're going to figure out ways to do it with, at a receiver.
5: Derek Derek is right. About, and you just said it right there. I think that what's going to happen is they're, they're looking at this wide receiver thing and they're not worried about it because they're thinking of Schultz. Mm-hmm. Schultz is probably going to have 115 catches this year. <laughs> just yeah. get
4: ready for that. If you play fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: Schultz, Paul, I mean, Pollard, they're going to find ways to massage the offense mm-hmm. to bridge it to get to when they can get Gallup back. They got you a might lot see of twelve personnel. Yeah. You're gonna see all that, but you know maybe the twelve personnel is not really. It's a tight end yeah. and Pollard, it, whatever you know, whatever you want to call that group of package right there. That's what you're gonna see. Well, then see. when
3: you get a defense that's kind of taking out your, your most skill yeah. guys, you know that you don't. They're kind of taking them out of the game. You're left with these younger players that you're hoping once again to be able to kind of step up and make those plays. And I wanted to kind of getting further a little bit on this whole idea of utilizing Tony Pollard more as a receiver. And we've seen some of these younger players uh, on the at the running back position standing out here at camp and wanted to get your full thoughts. I know you guys have been kind of talking about that, but how does that really look like once, let's say, you hit week one and you're starting the season without James Washington, without Michael Gallup, and without, as of right now, another guy that they might bring in or might not we don't know yet but as of right now there is not so in a game like how do you picture this how the offense might look like with Zeke then another guy behind him and Tony Pollard really acting more as a receiver like how does that receiving course really yeah. look for I, I, Dak Prescott?
2: I think that there's more happening here I really do it and uh, this isn't me just you know Trying to just th- float something out there. I mean, I just, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> trying to stir the pot over there. I think, I mean, it's just got to, it's got to be better than this. It has to be. Yeah. They, I, uh, you're not wrong. Stephen Jones even said it. Yeah. I, I talked to Stephen. He said, "We're look, we got our eyes on some guys. There's some guys that aren't ready to come to camp. Yeah. Ready or wanting to come to camp or wanting to practice. I don't know. And I think Brian said about the trade. I would go as high as a fourth round pick." This is what I would do, and this is hopefully what this doesn't get us in the tampering issues. I'm just Be saying careful. as an example, I'm not even throwing a name that that's available. Yeah. I'm just saying from last year, last year, the Cardinals probably didn't think they were going to re-sign a Christian Kirk and they they didn't. And he went to free agency and he went to Jacksonville. A guy at the end of his, of his rookie deal, uh, maybe third, fourth year guy, may or may not re- return to his team. You know, that's the guy I would like to trade for, with an idea of I need to sign, I need to trade for him, and hope hopefully he fits in and I could re-sign him. That's what I'm looking looking for. And that that's um, there's there's probably some guys out there that are in their third or fourth year. They haven't. They're not ready for their second deal just yet. And the other team is like, well, we like him, but we may not re-sign him anyways. Let's get what we're going to get as a compensatory pick, and let's get, do it out of the way. I don't well, know if that how, makes how sense. How
3: quickly do they need to get some? Because time keeps passing by, yeah. and you're getting closer and closer to the they season. Need to you need, need to a, come in yeah. here, get with Dak, and all that. So, what's the, like? <laughs> I know you guys would all say for today like get it done today coming out here but what's what i would say how i would phrase this question is the latest that he that they need like okay like a deadline per se that they need to have a guy come in here
5: i feel like that to me you go through these practices that you guys are going to see next week in denver you go through that game you're going to get to see some more practices here against the chargers get through that see that game i think all that work will tell you whether the young receivers that they're earmarking as these replacements are going to be good enough. If that's the case, maybe before the last preseason game you're looking at the cutdown. Now I'm starting to throw the chum in the water and say, "Okay, listen, we got a surplus of defensive tackle here or defensive end or one of these linebackers. We've got some surplus. Maybe corner. Would you would you trade me a young guy for a young guy here?" You know, and try and swap it that way. I think that you're going to have to get through these next two weeks. You know, Will McClay is smart enough to know. it's like, but the plan might be we can get through with Pollard and we can get through with Schultz, you know, and we could get through with Noah Brown and Lamb and that. They might feel that's enough for them. Let me throw out this other thought, too.
4: Could part of this also be the fact that they're looking at this and they're trying to figure out get a wee, a read on yeah. how quickly are you going to get Gallup back, right? Yeah, that's exactly that's, right. Uh, if, if Gallup's only exactly out the right. first two weeks, first three weeks, now you feel like you might be able to massage this thing and right. be able to get through it. If he's going to be out six weeks, that might be a whole different scenario where they feel like they got to bring somebody in. So right now it could be just yes. they're trying to figure that part out before they can make a move.
5: If he doesn't go on pup to start the season, because Pup's automatically four games. Yeah, yeah. If he goes on Pup, that's the four-game loss. If he doesn't go on, that's telling me Cincinnati. That's telling me that's we're gonna miss Tampa. But if he's on Pup, that's a wash. But if he's off, it's Cincinnati. I think that's a date to kind of yeah. keep an eye on. And, and
2: I think though, whatever they do, if they do go in and add a player, it's got to be someone. You know, the more I think about this, I, I don't, I don't want the 33 year old guy that, that comes in as a band aid here, just because you're trying to w- see when Gallup comes back and maybe when Washington comes back. I, I want a guy that's that's 25, 26 that uh, that you know we could probably re-sign him next year. We could re-sign this guy or we could keep him, maybe even keep him as a better plan, a better option than James Washington. You know, I mean, like yeah. for a long term, so, you know, Washington's only here on a one year deal. So, uh, you're right. I think it all it's a domino effect. It starts with Gallup. Where is Gallup? And then how far can you, you know, but trickle down? also,
3: I feel that everyone's trusting on the fact that Gallup is going to come back and he's going to be perfect. Oh, he, I, he I, won't it, be. It, you're and right. And we, we saw it last year. He got injured. He came back, did great. Didn't miss a beat at all. But you never know how a player is going to come back from every injury. So, right. it's this whole mentality that, yes, we're waiting on Gallup. He might be ready maybe week three. Or, we don't know, but you're trusting on the fact that once he steps on a field, on a regular season game, he's going to be able to be at the level that they need him to he be. He won't
2: be. He'll be ready week one next year. Seriously, that's when he'll be his, like, back to 100%, 100%. himself. No, he'll still be able to go out and play and do all that, but I, I don't think he'll feel the same and it takes all those players like that that's takes putting some, a takes lot of look. pressure
3: on him it's I a think. lot
2: of it's a lot of pressure and, and i think that that they just they have well, to get someone else. i know
5: one thing when you guys read all these practices and stuff and following along and you keep and i keep hearing the wide receiver struggle today wide receiver struggle today that's when my antennas are going to go up about this but i think the, you're you're saying what you're saying is absolutely right about Gallup. you know just we'll see how they i think they've got some options here to see how this thing's going to play and the, I think the last option is to go and get a guy. That's, I think, their last option. You
2: know, I, I think it, it, it has to be pointed out, too, that that the guys that they're going up against, I mean, think about what the cornerback position is. That, that There's an all-pro. There's a, there's a really good, solid guy on the other side. Mm-hmm. And Maybe a, the guy who's
5: had the best camp of anybody Anthony out Brown. here is yep.
2: Anthony Brown. But there's a second-round pick and, and a third-round pick that are in their second year here, mm-hmm. and they can't get any snaps. You know, not really. Joseph and Nashawn Wright, they're not breaking into the, this. You, there's no competition with those two getting in. And they're second and third round picks from last year. And Deron Bland's a rookie this year. Well, my point is, is that these corners are better by far than the receivers. Across the, board. Across yeah. the That's, board. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. And That's so true. it's it's a tough battle. Now you're throwing in, your, you know, Houston and, and Noah Brown. The, the Simi against the best. Simi against Diggs? Yeah. <laughs> happening. <laughs>
5: yeah. He might make one play, but yeah. it's because Diggs probably planted the wrong way or right, something like right. that. Yeah.
2: So it, um, it, it's a tough. It's a tough battle right now for them because they're going. They're they're the thinnest position yeah. against maybe the deepest.
5: See, that was my that was my worry though going into the season that Dak is throwing to Houston and Simi Fahoko and Vasher, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm thinking, wait a minute. Who who are the Buccaneers they've got Try. Davis and Edwards and Winfield and D- right. and, Mer- and they got all these names and you're thinking, Man, are are my guys gonna win? If they're not winning against my guys I'm practicing against, do they win against others? Parsons you know?
2: is gonna have to just wreck shop. Just eat Tom yeah. Brady for lunch yeah. and dinner. Yeah. I mean he's just I mean that's <laughs> that's I mean and and that's that's what I keep thinking. I really keep thinking like that.
5: They did a good job like, last year. Like them. like seriously,
2: who are the Giants' receivers back in the eighties? I mean, like you know, no one's like, oh, remember Lionel Manuel. Mm. I mean, like like that defense, Lawrence Taylor. They, they were wrecking it on that side of the ball, and that really might be bar. Okay, so you know, just throw it out there, and then they're gonna have to dominate games that way.
4: Because that does bring up a very interesting thought. Like, do you think? This might, Amber, you might need to go to break, but I don't know. But you, <laughs> we're way
2: past.
4: I'm sorry, we have the same problem. Radio, is us. <laughs> um, but do you really think that maybe this defense has enough weapons to where it gets to a point where this team can really function as a defensive-minded team? And that's hard in today's NFL because no, the that game question. is built. Yeah. Yeah. The game is built for you to be offensive. But I, I, I wonder, got. I got. I got a know. thought about. that. Okay. Let's go yeah.
3: ahead and answer that question after this break. Right. This
0: sweet.
2: Are you a Cowboy fan who spices up the game? Nominate yourself and others to be Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan. Win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Nominate today at dallascowboys.com slash fan of the year. And this segment is sponsored by blockchain.com.
3: Right,
5: time, remember me to t- let me tell you a story sometime about uh, Captain Morgan and Bill Parcells post doing the same thing. Oh, I've heard that story. it's a it's a it's an awful story, yeah, but I'm I'll not, I'll I'm tell not, it another day. Yeah, everybody else can hear that one. I've heard that <laughs> one. <before>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Derek, I'll let you go ahead and post the question again.
4: What was my question? <laughs> oh my
3: goodness!
4: Brian threw me off. No, the the, the question defense. is the question is is this defense ready to take that next step and really become so dominant? That whatever you get from the offense is good, but really this is a team that's built around the defense, and, and their success will be built around the defense, and you can get great success around them. We've only seen, especially in this era, if you call it this era of football, like it only happens very, very infrequently. You look at Seattle's teams back in the early 2000s. You look at Tampa going back to like around 2001 or so when they won the Super Bowl, Baltimore. Baltimore. Like it doesn't happen often is is are the cowboys now kind of entering that territory where you want to think
5: that they have an opportunity to become that kind of team i think it's really funny you say this because
3: 365
5: days ago we were talking about how great this offense is and how bad this (laughs) how bad this defense was and it was just a total like you know 40 burger got a score i know hellman was on here probably screaming about offense 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 and now, though, yeah, you, you have to feel good about it. I You know, I, I do – I was asked this question yesterday on our show on 105.3 The Fan. Do, is this – could this defense – could you win a championship with this defense? Could you win a championship with – and I'm like – and I'm starting to think about, you know, Tampa, what they did to Kansas City. I'm thinking about what, uh, you know, others – I mean, we've seen – you're talking about the Giants, the Bears. History shows that there have been some dominant defenses that have won – and I think the thing that makes this different is you have a legitimate quarterback. Some of those other teams that back yeah. in the day they didn't have legitimate quarterbacks leading the and
2: leading the offense. This, this to me is the Bucks from two two years ago, the one that the Bucks won, because yeah. their defense actually was better than the offense, even though with Tom Brady yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yep. And I think that that it could be the same. And this doesn't. You can win with a really good defense that they don't refer to thirty years later, like the eighty five Bears or right. two thousand Ravens or the Bucks or whatever. You can win with a more dominant defense like and i think that that's what this could be um, now do i think they're going to win the super bowl no i don't think th- i don't think this is a super bowl type team i'm sorry i mean yeah. I, I could be wrong but when just watching what we see out there sure. you just you're just like well i hope you know the quarterback can be can t- carry this team, hope Tyron can stay healthy, I hope a kicker can actually make a, free, a freaking kick out here, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then the defense is going to have to do it, no, no step backs. I mean, have Diggs and Parsons have to – I mean, there's a lot of ifs, ifs, ifs. And I don't – there's other teams that are more established. We could be wrong, I hope so. Yeah. Be I fun think, ride. I think but.
5: the thing that makes it interesting for me, and I, and I agree with you about the non-Super Bowl thing, but I also see a top-ten quarterback out there struggling his ass off at times. Because – not because of his own doing – it's just how they're playing, how the defense is playing against him. They're not giving him a lot of space, yeah. and they're kind of around him rushing. And you know, time. I see it's not – it's Dorrance Armstrong getting around Tyron Smith. It's Zach Martin kind of whiffing on a block. that, So I'm just kind of sitting there thinking, well, man, if the defense is playing against a top-ten quarterback like that. Now, the wide receivers are not – Right. Mm-hmm. Tampa or Cincinnati what you're going to face in the t- first two weeks of the you, season.
2: Man, can I can I say something too, about that? I have never coached offensive line before or any anything really to this point. So, uh, take you've this coached, with a of gra- you you've coached a, riders with a grain of salt. Yeah. Your
3: little kids <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kids. Yeah,
2: soccer maybe, but I but I, but I would <laughs> say this. Like I think today I'm kind of getting getting frustrated by it. Tyler Smith Put his ass at, at left guard there you go. and let's go. There you go. You want him to be the guy. You yeah. drafted him in the first round out of Tulsa. He needs reps. He needs to get in there. What is this rotating with Connor McGovern? Put him in there and let him learn next to Tyron Smith. Let him learn next to the center. Let him get comfortable. Everyone says he's strong, he's strong, he's strong. Well, then what is he? Because if he's this strong, you, he would be picked in the top fives. He, whatever warts he's got, let's clean it up and he's – I don't think him going in the second team is helping anything. Let's get him in continuity on the line. Let's go. Like, what do you are we think doing they here? really
4: believe? You think they really believe that Conor McGovern is an option to be the starter day
5: one at left guard? Then, is,
2: then move him now. Yeah. Whatever it is, Tyra needs. To, I mean, Ty, uh, Tyler Smith needs to play the position he's going to play. I, I think this is something. one of
5: the great mysteries mm-hmm. that Nick's on to something yeah. here. This is one of the great mysteries because. If you if you're talking to people in the organization, they will tell you that, that really that Joe Philbin was not a Connor McGovern fan. Connor McGovern had starts last year and they pulled him out and put Connor Williams back in. Right. I was thinking, this is the final this is the final chapter for Connor. And then we get to OTAs and minicamp and he's in there starting and I'm going, huh, okay. So this guy's not plug and play? Tyler Smith's not plug and play? Mm. You know, and to Nick's point, I totally agree. I to- just put him in there. You know, the warts he had was holding. He had holding. Bad technique at times, footwork. He's cleaned a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff up mm-hmm. out here because of that. He's getting better that way. But Nick's right. Play the guy.
0: Let's see what you got there.
5: I
2: think well, you Go ahead.
3: I was going to ask. If you're trying to find some kind of understanding to their mentality, I don't, I don't have it. Is there it. anything I don't, I don't.
2: at all? <laughs> <laughs> I
5: understood it when I was in the building messing things up. I understood when we had mess-ups. But now, as I sit now in this, che- this row with you guys, I'm kind of like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Because I go back to the eye test. The eye test. You can watch practice and see how things... You don't have to be a former NFL scout to see what's yeah. going on out
2: here. I w- Trust me. I want him to get beat. Like, yeah. Tyron Smith, 2011. Sure. Rookie year. He was getting worked. It might have been 2012, his second year. Yeah. He was getting worked by DeMarcus, DeMarcus over and every over and over. Every day. And, every over day. Day. and, yep. and every by day. the end of the year, DeMarcus was the one banged up, didn't play a lot. It was his second year. He was torn, and, and, and Tyron made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And it was just funny how things flipped. CD kicked Trayvon Diggs' ass out here at camp. Yeah. But Trayvon got better and better and better. And then had the year he had. He just needs to get in there. That strength that he's got. Let's let's figure out the other stuff. But I don't know why they're wasting time with him, you know, second team and rotating and all that. Let's go.
3: All right. Well, we do need to end the show because there's a press conference that's about to happen. So Nick, please ask that question. Mm. Go off right there <laughs> yeah. and ask the question with a straight face. And, uh, like, yeah. let's get some answers. <laughs> Let me help you.
5: you. Raise your hand, Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com. And yeah. then they point to you, and then you get to ask your question.
3: There you go.
2: What are we waiting for? Tyler? Just met? go palms
5: up. Yeah. Coach, what are we waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> what are we waiting for here? Yeah.
3: All right, guys. This is all the time that's we got point, to stick though. around, though, because we do have a live press conference that's about to happen right at 10. Here in a few minutes for Nick Eatman. Derek Kielton, <laughs> I always struggle there with the ending. <laughs> For Nickyman, Derek Kielton, Brian Broaddus, I'm Amber Garcia, and this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
3: How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!